Good morning, everyone. I hope that your day is going well. Um, it's been a busy morning here for me, um, trying out some new morning routines um, in order to both be more productive um, and also just feel even better about the day starting. So I got up bright and early this morning, uh, despite my uh, lifelong night owl status and went to a weightlifting class. Um, it was really great because I left them there feeling like I'm ready to basically kick everyone's ass because I can deadlift 95 pounds. <laughs> um, but as I digress, what I really wanted to come on and uh, chat about is, um, of course, I've been doing all of these little mini podcasts focused on uh, different um, heuristics, basically, that we all use um, throughout our lives and really trying to apply them to lessons of entrepreneurship. Um, I know it's been a while since I've chatted about these, but I wanted to come back because I had this amazing conversation this morning that really highlighted this particular one, um, and that is the issue of confirmation bias. So confirmation bias, in case you were not aware of what that is or what that means, um, refers to the heuristic or the or heuristics or merely me- mental shortcuts. Uh, but confirmation bias is uh, the bias where we um, subconsciously intentionally seek out information that already confirms beliefs that we already have. Um, You need look no further than our current state of affairs in the United States. Um, Most news consumption is sort of the most of the reaction that you can see related to news consumption um, right now is really just confirmation bias at work. We tend to self-select sources. We self-select information that already uh, reinforces what we already believe. Um, And then we may or may not uh, kind of generate a rationale and say, no, it's really this thing because, you know, look at these facts, even though the facts may be different, you kind of selectively choose facts. You selectively kind of add a particular lens to facts. You discount certain facts. But all of that is related to the fact that It is very hard to change someone's mind, including your own. So what does this mean if you're an entrepreneur? Like, you know, confirmation bias is all over the place. It's one of the biggest risks you can have as you are starting and building your business as an entrepreneur. Um, I always uh, talk about this concept of uh, don't marry your ideas, marry the problem. Um, because I see entrepreneurs fail on this so many times, and a lot of it is it's just the basic human condition. Um, you know, there's the idea of like the endowment effect, and and sort of this idea that like prospect theory that we feel losses so much more. And when you get to that space of when your idea basically becomes your baby, or your idea becomes like your wife or your husband, it becomes really hard to let go of it, even when you are presented with evidence that your idea, and in this case your business being that idea, is not working. Um, So really when I talk about mirroring the problem, it really helps you keep from being in the space where confirmation bias um, keeps you locked going down a path that is not effective anymore. And trust me when I say that, you know, this is one of the toughest biases to overcome, but one of the best ways to do this is basically to ensure that you are surrounded by people and environments that are constantly challenging your beliefs. So it becomes more normative to always um, kind of look at and consider evidence, to always look at and kind of question what it is that you believe, why do you believe it, 
is it still true at this moment in time? It might have been true two weeks ago, two months ago, two years ago, but is it still true today when confronted with um, a change in circumstance, a change in audience, um, a change in maybe either needs or sort of how those needs need to actually be met? Um, and so one way that um, I always do this and, and leave it kind of a long-term global view is that I travel a lot. And part of the reason I bring this up in, in the conversation I had this morning, I was connecting with another um, venture capitalist and we both were talking about how, funnily enough, we both went to the same college. We both went to, we we're both from Texas um, and being out in the Bay Area, it's kind of, it's amazing for being surrounded by all these amazingly brilliant innovative people who are constantly uh, kind of challenging the way that the world is set up. But kind of underneath that is, yes, they are challenging the world, how the way the world runs, the way the world kind of understands itself, which is so incredibly compelling and inspiring and a really great energy to be around. But they're also kind of challenging it along some very similar dimensions in a certain way, and that's largely through tech. Uh, you know, most of my friends work in tech. Um, probably everyone, like a lot of my neighbors work in tech. A lot of the city, when you kind of look at activities and, and kind of who's in the media and things like that, are all related to tech in San Francisco. Um, and so it, it kind of becomes, you know, slightly, you know, what's called like either like kind of like an echo chamber, kind of navel gazing in that. Yes, the world needs to be changed. There are some things that are profoundly wrong, obviously, with what's going on around us. Um, but the navel-gazing part comes in when there are definitely people here in the Bay Area that think that, yes, the world needs to be changed, and the only way to do that is through technology. And that would be, for me, the case in point of confirmation bias at work. It's simply because you've seen tech be able to affect changes that now... Um, tech kind of becomes this hammer in search of a nail. It becomes this uh, this panacea, this sort of cure for all that ails us when really it's a tool in the toolkit that is making our world a better place. Um, so where I brought this up is kind of like I was telling this person who I was speaking with, I was like, it's so refreshing having this conversation because sometimes I find myself looking around when I kind of feel that discordance because I, again, I try to put myself in a place where I'm surrounded by different voices, surrounded by different experience, different environments, so that I do get in that space. I'm always questioning and therefore I'm always learning. Um, and so when I see or hear people who kind of, you know, espouse that attitude of tech is going to solve everything, or they kind of get to that space of, of confirmation bias and I can really see it, there's always a brief second where I kind of feel odd because I'm in the minority in those circumstances. Um, when I kind of feel that discordance or that sort of weird tweak that's like, that doesn't sound right, that doesn't feel right. Um, and so it was great talking to someone who's in the same field and comes from, of course, such a, a, a similar background personally who felt the same way. Um, so at the end of the day, what are things that you can do as an entrepreneur to disrupt confirmation bias? Because as part of the reason I wanted to do this series is that it's not to say that heuristics are bad. They help us be able to move through our days and helps our brains be able to process all of the complex information and stimuli that we're facing. But at the end of the day, like because they're shortcuts, they don't work for everything. So here are some of the ways that I disrupt my confirmation bias and I've mentioned a few of them already. Um, 
One, another thing that I always say, always be learning. A really great way to make sure that you don't have confirmation bias be normal rather than be in this position of questioning is that you always put yourself in a position where you're learning something. So depending on what your learning styles are, um, there's a lot of suggestions, although I've seen some research that says that there aren't multiple learning styles, but let's pretend for the sake of this that there are multiple learning styles. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you could be sure that you're always learning. One is auditory, which you're doing right now by listening to this podcast. Um, Two, um, there's visual learning, so you can look, kind of look at imagery, um, video, um, and be able to see uh, ways um, and learn about other things that you may not be aware of. Um, there's kinesthetic or kind of tactile sort of learning, so being able to touch and feel what's going on. Um, and then you can, so of course, a combination of kind of reading and writing. Um, so both reading information as well as maybe writing things down yourself, kind of processing things that you've gone on. Like there's a lot of evidence that suggests whether for mental health reasons or even note taking in classes that handwriting notes is a particular way of both solidifying information as well as processing information in a way um, so that your brain kind of retains it better and, and kind of sees like where there are gaps in um, knowledge that you had before and writing really helps to fill and address those. So those are five ways that you can really um, operationalize the principle of always be learning. Secondly, um, in terms of confirmation bias, like I periodically like to go back and I read things that I have written down myself or have somehow um, kind of left notes to myself in the past because I want to see one, have I grown and have I changed from that point in time? And two, if there's reason for me to shift what I believed in at that point in time. One of the best ways to disrupt confirmation bias isn't necessarily to kind of go and point a finger at somebody else, but it's really to look at yourself and see where, you know, how you can you disrupt your own beliefs from yourself. Um, and so that's something that I like to do periodically. <clears throat> You know, a lot of times I'll do this when I'm on long plane rides. I'll go back and look at, you know, Evernotes that I've written to myself or other articles that I've written before and kind of think about, like, where was I at, you know, where was I at my particular point in time in my life? Why was I writing about that particular theme? Um, and I find that sort of um, seeing my own kind of communication and therefore my own thoughts is a really great way for me to, you know, makes it more acceptable, basically, uh, because not, none of us like to be in this position where um, we realize that we're wrong. And for me, at least, when I think about confirmation bias and trying to keep myself um, out of that space, um, is that uh, when I hear it from myself, um, that's a great way of disrupting that. So I think those are the only two that I want to focus on. <clears throat> Other than this third one, like I talked about before, um, in terms of travel and shifting your environment, um, so try to surround yourself with people who are different than you. Put yourself in, in environments where you don't usually find yourself in. So if you usually work in large corporate environments, try to go to a, you know a really small business or um, you know connect with people who are not in your profession, who aren't from your same personal background. Um, for me, it's like from folks who are from a different country um, and really like watch and observe and just chat with people. Uh, for me, like that sort of environmental shift is a really great way of kind of disrupting what is normal um, and starting to be present and attend to what is different about my surroundings um, and, and kind of think about, um, you know, how is that different from what I sort of see in the everyday and ignore or accept as normal. Um, so those three things are ways that I use to um, kind of counter my own tendencies towards confirmation bias. 
Um, would love to hear if you have suggestions on your own. Um, but for now, unfortunately, my allergies are taking over and I don't want to keep coughing. Um, but thanks so much for the few of you that listen to these. Um, I will be back shortly with more coughing devices and entrepreneurship. Have a great day. Bye.